Hello, good morning. This is Mariam Sharif. You're listening to the Style Moguls podcast and my guest today is Shabnam Yunus. She is a British Airways customer services manager. She's been working there for about 15 years um, at one of the busiest airports in the world at Heathrow. Welcome Shabnam. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, Mariam. How are you? Uh, Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm good as well. I'm so glad I caught you today. Um, and I know you do these early runs in the morning, um, you know, waking up at 3 a.m. Um, and it was freezing yesterday. We even had snow. So I'm glad we could schedule something in today. Um, how do you man, how do you manage to get up in the morning at 3 a.m.? Oh, oh Maria, I've been, I know I've been really busy, but yeah, thanks for taking me on. But 3 o'clock in the morning, Mariam, yes. So do you know what? Sometimes you just um, you just have to do it, really. Um, three o'clock in the morning, I get up. It is freezing cold, Mariam. In the summer, it's not too bad, but in the morning, yes, I want us to snooze the alarm. Like when when you wake up in the morning, how what time does your day start, and um, what is it that you do? Walk us through so your day. So yeah, three o'clock in the morning, my alarm goes do 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 do, and I want us to snooze it. I try to I snooze it for the first one, but then as soon as it hits five past, I'm like panic, get up get ready and the money make a cup of tea and then I'm out of the house by 3.45. Right, okay. That's like, that's speedy. Yeah, 3.45, I need to be out of the house. My shift starts at 4.15. Right, okay. So that's a yeah. early start for everyone. I mean, yeah. people usually kind of in dreamland and snoozing at that time. Exactly. You're, you're ready and you're, you're at work. I'm at work at 4.15. Um, and it's hustle and bustle as soon as you get into work. It's a different world. Okay, it's so what are, you, what are your kind of responsibilities? What is it that you do exactly? If you tell all our listeners, what does um, your job do? And, and um, maybe we, we can even take it back from the start. How did you get into becoming um, a customer services manager? Tell us, well, how, did you, how did you start this journey? My journey started from just being a customer service agent, which is just check-in. It, just, it was just check-in, customer service agent check-in. So, um, yeah, I didn't, well, I had my, I had a Zahn and um, I think I, he was only three months old and my husband said to me, go, you know, my sister said, there's a job out there, there's the employing for the sheriffs. And I didn't really, I was like, didn't want to do it because I thought, oh, my son's still small. I must tell my listeners that you have three beautiful boys and we just celebrated actually um, um, Ismail's 18th birthday on Christmas because he's a That's right. Christmas baby. So Shabnam does have three boys um, and the eldest being 18. So you're, you're saying that the youngest, when Azan was born, um, yeah. is that is that's when you're... Oh, sorry, Azan, Ali. Oh, God, time is Ali. It's Ali that was born. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's how, how, how time flies. So yeah. So it was Ali that was born. And um, I just I just thought he was, you know, I, it was just the help. What made you, what made you um, at that point where Ali was born that decide that, okay, I'm going to, I need to do something? William, do you know what it was? It was sort of, when you're at home, um, you do go mad just with the children, the four walls. Yeah. Cooking, cleaning. It's the same routine every single day. Um, and actually, my sister, she said to me, she works for British Airways, she said to me, those jobs going, apply for it. And it was a really quite hard procedure to get in. So I, applied, I did apply for it with her help and with my husband pushing me. Yeah. Um, so I got the interview, went for the interview. So it was like a group 
interviews and we had that and we had group, group discussions so the, this uh, interview went on for three days right okay wow so yeah, yeah of course British Airways being you know very well known and distinguished company um, has a procedure but alhamdulillah your husband and your family um, supported. You know, supported you so yeah that's, that's amazing so what happened yeah. after the three day so three, three days, days I thought I came back and I thought oh god I don't I think it was a, the last the third day was the, a one-to-one interview with a panel so there was three people up on the panel and I was standing there just introducing myself and what I do and I was honest with them Maria I said look I haven't been to work for the last what 10 years I do not have anything to give you um only thing I do have that I'm um I'm a mother and I run a household and you know I will try my best if I do get this job I will try my best to um you know to give you 100% at work um and after two days actually um as much as you're being very modest here but you do have a very good background in customer services as long as I have known you you are a confident well-spoken and um you know a very happy person and I think that that also you know contributes modest but those are the qualities that I do feel that you know you had to go forward um yeah um you know what 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 is that um British Airways looked at you to say you know um, we will you. Exactly, that's what they said. So, which they did ring me, and and I was I, mean, I was literally shouting around the room and, and jumping up and down. Oh God, I got this job, and and I asked her, and I said, I don't have any qualifications. I had with Maria, I had my GCSEs, and I had the degree, uh, but obviously I had no experience. Right. Obviously, before that, I'd had experience, but not not within the ten years of experience of anything. Right. So you hadn't worked for literally for ten years, making yeah. a family and and. Yeah providing and and just yeah being being a wife and uh, yeah. a mother exactly and they they said the same thing they said look we like the way you were the confidence was there and and that's what we were looking for brilliant so you um so that was what 15 years ago yeah even remember years. the start of your journey and yeah helping you in that sense and giving that push and sometimes as women we need um that little push, that little extra um, push. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. um, fast forward 15 years now, um, exactly. what is the role that you do now? Because I know that recently you've um, also been on some training and, you know, um, and you've also gone through the process of changing roles at BA. So, yes. you know, that was a fantastic entrance that you made and, um, you know, the confidence that you could do the job and, and you, you know, um, Mashallah, have been for the 15 years. So ha- walk us through for the 15 years. How has it been working for British Airways and has your role changed? Or, you know, what kind of, what's the experience and what have you learned through working at British Airways? Miriam, I've learned so much in the last 15 years. So your tolerance level, it goes, you, your tolerance level of, at home is completely different. So when I go out to work, I put on a different, I'm, I'm a completely different person. Yeah, so you're, professional, you're putting, you're, so you've got your professional role, yes? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So by the moment I started off in check-in, I did that. Then after, I think, of after six years of check-in, so I went to... Checking in, so you're checking in the um, the customers? Pa- yeah, passengers, dealing with their, you know, just dealing with their problems, checking in their bags. Uh, printing boarding passes. So right. I did all that for six years. I you did that, the front line, um, kind of uh, office. Front line. Yeah. yeah, front line. 
front line. And then, uh, oh, yeah, I went to um, apply. For the job came out for premium services, Mariam. So how, was, when did you apply for that then? That So that was six years into my loan. So I've, I've been doing that now, I think, um, nine years I did that. Oh, wow. So the premium. Yeah. So what, what, what is that? So how did that change from the customer services role that you did frontline and, and to what to this next level? Next level of premium services was just dealing with our first class passengers right. and from them leaving their car to checking, going onto the aircraft. So I basically did all their journey from um, checking the bags up on and taking them into the lounges and taking them into um, walking them down to the aircrafts right. um, and I met some, <laughs> met some amazing people oh the, again you meet them all in the sense that your um, your passengers were in a completely different um, yeah country. completely different I mean explain, obviously explain that role that then to everybody who you know can be um um, who doesn't understand? So, so we, we, we can say they are people with a lot of money. <laughs> so the, pr- the, the so the main, mainly the money buys the privileges, of course? It's, of course. Of course. And then, and then you change. The way I changed myself as well, Mariam. So don't forget, um, f- 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I never used to wear the hijab. Yes. We'll definitely come on to that because that's something how... Um, you as a person have also changed um, exactly so when you were doing the role um for your premium service you i think is that what it's called premium yeah premium services yeah the premium services so a completely different category of passengers where they were more privileged or more frequent travelers uh, you would Very. say yeah frequent travelers yeah. who really didn't who just more professional you say more professional yeah 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 more yeah, professional corporate? more corporate um yeah exactly and um, so you, you, have to go, you had to kind of you had to um, kind of change, or you actually became. Uh, I, I came on their level. You have to go into their level. Yeah. So, so you, you know, you can't as a person. So what, how how did you change the, to that next level of your job in Bridgeshire? So next next level of a job was obviously William. Appearance was a lot of you had, your appearance has to be immaculate. Right. Okay. And is that yeah, a requirement so, of um, British Airways? So you have a basic requirement of British Airways where you have to have just some foundation on, some light lipstick. So when you go into premium services, there's a next level up where right. you have to make sure your nails are fine. You have to make sure, you know, you have some makeup on, you have some eyeshadow on, you have to have some blusher on. It was like a, just a criteria where you have to look the part. Right. Okay. So your image. So your yeah. image and the way that your grooming is. So your appearance, obviously, for this um, um, more corporate um yep. premium services had to match your role and how, exactly. how how also did you have to change kind of uh within yourself or your role as as you know you as we know that you were you're confident so what else did you need to do to kind of I changed William, the way you speak to your passengers was very important right. the customer service level is very uh, well like if I was checking I wouldn't oh yeah you give my customer service it was just like hello how are you but this is the next level up where you you basically go into you go into their shoe and say, okay, you're you're part of the family, basically. Right. Okay. You, you're, you know, you're 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 family for them, and they treat you like that as well. They speak to you as if you know they they talk to you about your pro- oh no, oh, I forgot to feed the cat this morning, or I forgot to um leave 
some money for my son. You know, you go into that and you're like, oh no, would you like to make a phone call to them? Or would you like to use my, use the phone? You know, you, you just go with them. You go with the flow with them. But yeah, Mariam, your, your, your so you professionalism. Like, you know, so you've built some great relationships. and, and Yeah. The professional, you have to be very, very professional because yeah. don't forget these people are spending a lot of money on so traveling. You, the standard of, of, uh, of your role and the quality of your customer services had to be probably tripled to be of course premium and premium being the operative word of you know that level of service that British yeah. Airways is offering to a much yeah. higher level and a high level of people that can afford that service yes yeah. and Mariam do you know that I found it difficult in the beginning yeah. um very difficult for six seven months but then you know what as I came as I as I did it more often um, you become used to it. You it, you become norm to it. You do it. I mean, so what would you say the challenges were um, in that role for you? And the challenges you- the challenges were that you know you have to be smiling all the time. The challenges are that you have to even if you you know sometimes you know you're not you know you're not well or whatever you you've had a horrible night or you've had a horrible morning whatever. You have to put that. You have to put that to one side and forget your problems. Right. And you have to hold on a minute. I've come in to do a job. You completely, you, you you have to. And not just that. Your passengers make you happy as well. They're like, oh, how are you? And how is it going? And they completely change your. Did you change your mind? And you think you forget. You, seriously, you forget all your problems that you have at home, because so you're so involved with, with them. British Airways, but you just you really enjoy the fact that these customers. Um, you know, um, have a great relationship, and you, yeah. you know, yes. you're, you're actually, um, you know, they actually put a smile on your face as well. Yeah, they do. Of course, they do. And I, and don't take me wrong, Maureen, but I really do. I mean, I've stuck it for 15 years, only because I enjoy the role, and because I enjoy working there, enjoying the buzz of the airport. Yeah, um, I don't think Heathrow is the busiest um, airport, or one of the busiest exactly. airports now in the world. Um, it is. And, and you know, the level of service and the quality of service that is um, the standard we expect from Heathrow is, you know, uh, at exactly. Yes, so, definitely. You know, um, of course, of course, uh, you must enjoy. And how many people in your kind of in your premium service group? Well, in our premium service, we were we, when I started, it was with just 12 people. And right. now, alhamdulillah... So, so it's very yeah. expensive. So it and how many people kind of work at customer services in British Airways? Oh, you're talking about over over two thousand people. Wow. So you were selected mm. from over two thousand people. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. You're yeah. Of premium. I, of I was. So what I was put forward so from frozen, or did you have to go for that role and be an interview for that role again? Yeah, it was Marion, but I was my my own um, leading uh, manager. She put me forward, which I didn't even know about. She put me forward. My name was put forward, and of and for the last before they actually opened this job role, they had been monitoring me without me knowing. Oh, fantastic! Yes, of course they probably would, wouldn't they? They've got mm. to check your level of service. Yeah. And then um, I... So you didn't even job. know about this role no. that you were going to be going no. So this job role came out. She, she said to me, apply for it. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it. And she said, no, Shab, just apply for it. Let's see, see what comes out of it. And I said, oh, okay then. So I applied for it, Mariam. And um, I went for an interview. Again, it was a long 45 minutes interview. <clears throat> and there and then they said to me, 
she happened to move off and she's the row. And I was like, I was actually just sat there. I only fell off my chair. I was like, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe it. I got the, totally got the unexpected. So, yeah, yeah totally unexpected. Yes. So, but yeah, you, I went. Your, obviously, uh, was your uh, manager female? My manager was a female, yes. So and she, she was very, very pushy. Um, she did she did actually push me towards it for me to you, do it. You asked her, why did you put me forward to this role? What did she say? She just said to me that I, I um, about, about me, she just said to me, I really want you to, um, she's, I mean, she became a good friend, not just, she was just not just a manager, she became a good, I had a good relationship with her. So um, she knew all, everything, what I've come through and what I've, you know, what I am, what I come to work, a completely different, but you know, she saw me from, from, from here to go, she said to me, you can do it, you can go up here, you, I want you to become, she used to say to me all the time, I want you to become a manager, and look, after 14, 15 years of become customer service manager, mm-hmm. but yeah, she did, she's left now, she left the company five years ago. Oh, okay, but so, you know, um, another woman encouraging another woman, and that's the yeah. whole point of, obviously, also my podcast and Star Moguls, is to encourage, you know, women to be much more, much more than they are, and sometimes we don't have that realization until someone comes along and says, you know what, you can do this and exactly. you're better than this. And, yeah. you know, why, why don't you do something that will actually match your personality and, and give you more confidence? And so, mm. um, and how long have you been working at premium then? So what, what changed? What, so you've been working for? So yes, so Mariam, like I said, from 12 I started with 12 people, but it was 12 of us. Alhamdulillah, now there's over 50 50 people, 50 staff that are in premium oh, wow. services. Because the premium service, is that because the premium it's expanded. service is much, much more uh, popular or is it just yeah. because, yeah. It's because we have obviously more, we've got more contracts, we've got more more um, destinations that we travel on internationally, first class. Yeah. Um, and just it's just, it's expanded, they've expanded that premium service brand. Right. And, um, so they obviously need more staff and, and, and they're very selective. A lot of people apply for it. A lot of people were very, you know, hurt that they didn't get get the jobs. But yeah, Alhamdulillah, it was quite privileged that I did get it and I did work. And I still do, as I am a, a customer service manager, I still go and do my premium. I do tend to um, get premium services and I do go and do it. And when I go and do it, Mariam, it's just like, oh, I do. It's just like it's my home. It's oh, lovely. Yeah. I love it. Your home. And yeah. do you feel that um, when you're doing that job role again, that it's nice to meet the you know your old same people, real passengers. Yeah. 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 You meet. You meet, and you become. You meet the regular passengers, and they ask for you, Mariam. So when they, if, if it was my day off, they've come in and they've said, "Oh, I'm looking for Shabnam," and then so I just said, "Day after day," and it's so nice. Some of them, when you when you go the extra mile for somebody, yes. and they do, they come back, and you know, Mariam, they've given me flowers. I've had chocolates, and I've had gifts from people, and you just think, "Wow," you know, they really appreciate you. Yes, uh, absolutely. But they must appreciate the work that you do. In fact that they've requested um, um, to be served by you or want, want you to yeah, with them. exactly. Um, must show that, you know, they, you have built um, um, a relationship uh, yeah. with them. Exactly, exactly. And it's not just always hunky-dory. Yes, of course we have passengers that come in in first class, have had uh, previously not an, a good trip, um, you know, delays or 
the, the food that was provided on the aircraft wasn't their standard or, you know, the seats were broken. And then obviously you need to accommodate that. And how do you deal with someone who is, you know, in, you know, being in a bad mood or, you know, um, uh, for whatever reason, they take it yeah. out and, and or they've had, had some bad service on the plane or someone who yeah. has complained about their food or whatever and they've come to you. How, how do you deal with a person like that and as a customer services manager, how do you deal with a really difficult customer? I mean, what, what goes through your mind as soon as you see that person and how do you, how do you deal with that person? Can you, can you share that with us? Yeah. All right, Maureen, first thing is that I will listen to them. And that's the most important thing. You need to listen to them. Right. When you say, okay, no, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I, fair enough, that's happened. Okay, let me see what I can do for you. They just want to be listened to. Right. Okay. So you listen to their problem. You listen to what's happened to them. And then you say, okay, what was it that you would like me to do for you? Yeah. And then they give you, then they say, okay, oh, um, I don't want to travel British Airways again. That's what. That's the first thing they say to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's their retaliation. They still want yeah. to go into British Airways. And- yeah. And then you say to them, okay, sir or madam, what can I do for you? You, you know, what, what, what extra mile can I do, go and do for you? What would you like me to do? And then they say to you, okay, then can I, um, I would like this seat. And it's just, it's, it's just a little thing, Mariam. It's little, little things. You think, okay, yeah. they don't want to sit in, they don't want to sit in three kilo. They want to sit in one kilo. Okay, so let me have a look if I can accommodate you. And I know, I'll go that extra mile and I go, and I go, and we're going to like, we're going to the Concord room, which is our specially ex- exclusive lounge. That's only for first that people that have Concord. Concord card and then that's a sit down yeah, restaurant that's service British Airways um, uh, lounge or it's a lounge it's an, an exclusive lounge where there's you know you, no, not, not anybody can go in there no one that's mm. the only person that holds a Concord card right so you don't even have that I don't have that no people no. Concord card so, so somebody's so if you've had a bad customer somebody says well, I want to go there have you, have you had people no. like that Mm, yeah, you usually get people, but you put them in the first lounge. You don't put them in the Concord lounge. You say, okay, we'll put you in the first lounge. Concord lounge is very, very lavish. Should I right. put it that way? And it's who, very lavish. Who, who travels in Concord? Concord, people, I mean, these people have been traveling with British Airways over 20 years. Right. And they're always traveling first. Right. Okay. Okay. And they're spending, that's a lot of money and they're traveling long haul flights. Right. Okay. So you're really looking at really kind of um, people uh, are giving British Airways millions. People that are giving British Airways millions a year. Right. Okay. Okay. So really a privilege. That's a that's that that's the most exclusive. Yeah. Okay. So so you've calmed your customer down and you calmed your passenger down. Sorry. And so um, um, when you've resolved the situation. does sometimes does it take how long does it take for someone to it, it, Mariam, it can depend on each passenger you can't say okay we'll resolve it within five minutes i've been with passengers over hours with them yeah yeah you know we sit down and we talk and then they tell me all their problems once they once they've emptied their stomach out of the bad experience they've had you've listened right. to them yeah. and empathized with them um the main thing is empathizing with them and right. going on to the level and say, yeah, I completely understand. So, so listening to the customer. Yeah, and listening. And being in their position. Yeah. Experienced. 
Yeah. And, and you know, what the experience and, and then from there we take, I then take it from there. Then I make sure the crew knows that this is what's happened. I telex the crew and say, look, this is what's happened. This passenger in the previous flight, these are first class passengers. They have been our first class passengers on the previous flight from, I don't know, New York. And they're going to Kuwait. Um, you know, this is the situation that's happened. Let me just put you, let me just put you, we have a lot of Middle East customers right travel. <laughs> so they try they choose british airways um mm. uh, rather than their own airlines exactly that's saying something for the quality of british airways and yeah. the fact that it is one of the best um and most you know recognized um um airlines in the world what do you do with the customer that have is have you had an experience where you you basically couldn't help the customer is there a point in time where you think I just can't get through to this person. This person is just not listening. Have you had a customer or a passenger? And what do you do when you have somebody like that? You know, what goes through your mind? We, 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 I really have had a passenger like that. Maybe um, out of 100, maybe one or two. But Mariam, again, you, um, you can't ignore them. You do want to. You want to put a block because they don't listen to you. Whatever yeah. you say, they will not listen to what you have to say to them, yeah? Yeah. And then you say, okay, uh, then I do say to them, then you do become a little bit harsh and you do say, okay, so this is a service I am going to offer you, um, you know, from what's happened to the previous service that was given to you, which wasn't good. I will give you, I will try and give you a better service. Um, they go, they say, no, no, we don't want to. We don't want to give us a refund. We don't want to. We don't want to. We'll go to the next airline. And I do say, okay, sir, I will reroute you on Emirates. I'll reroute you on, no, um, Qatar Airways, whatever, and then they go. They think they think for a minute, and they say, "No, no, 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 it's okay. We'll we'll stay with British Airways." <laughs> okay, okay, all right. You know, we so do. Then, I do give the option to them for them to go on the air because there are one world. There are one world alliances, so we, I can jiggle them around. Yeah, but you're saying so. There's probably you know out of a hundred, one or two. That, yeah, Miriam. That, that are that, yeah. yeah. They are you. But the thing is, you again, you just um, you let them. Then you give them. We've got, we have little cabanas where they can go, and if they're so, you know, they've come back and they're so angry and they don't want the service. And you say, right, so go into this cabana which has a bed, shower. It gives you a exclusive service with the restaurants. Um, you know, whatever you want, you just you just order it on the phone, and you have TV in there. For time you to relax out to really um, relax the customer, put yeah, the, um, so the, the passenger at yeah, and then yeah. you know asking him to come back and and that's great yeah. having a little nap and a shower and a meal. Yeah, well, why doesn't that help? Freshen them up. Yes, exactly. Wow, yeah. that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, so we have that service again. As that's exclusive, we can't use that on anybody, but I will only use that on an extreme. Yeah. If something extreme has happened, then I have, um, I can go and, you know, it's, it costs a lot of money for British Airways, but it's an exclusive service that I will use. And it's only on, only for our first class passengers. Premier, um, premium passengers, yeah. So what are you doing now? So I've um, obviously I've heard that you've got a fantastic new role and you've been really rather busy, especially it's been so cold in the mornings and yeah. Christmas. Oh. What have you been doing um, with yourself recently? Because it sounds really exciting. So, so I've been promoted to a customer service manager. Congratulations. Which is, 
thank you. That again, I've done um, <clears throat> I've done some training into the in, in in leadership. Now they've put me as a trainer to train the premium staff, um, which is um, exciting as well. And, so you are uh, now a trainer for the staff at the Premier Services. Yeah, premium. Premium, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. So where you were working for nine years, now you've become yeah. their premier. Yeah, you become their trainer. Fantastic. Yeah, so which is nice. Yeah, you know, you just um, again, it's you know, when you become a manager, you become when you become a manager, you 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 know, you you have to keep in that same level because sometimes you think, oh right, I become a manager, it gets to your head, but. You have to maintain so the how, relationship. How has your role changed then? How do you? How have you changed from now being customer services, um, premier services, customer services to a trainer and um, you know a manager? Ha- manager. How? How? How are you now? What is um, your role and how is? Um, how do you conduct yourself differently now? So, Marie, mostly I'm in charge of. Um, I have a team, so right. um, I'm in charge of managing. I've got 25. Mashallah. And then obviously on that's just the 25 in my team that I will obviously do their uh, reports and other, their performances and um, their attendance, everything that will go. I mean, I have to make a relationship with them. Right. Which I've already started doing. Some of them already know and some are new staff. Uh, and so managing um, 25 people, you've got to train them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so, and then um, on a daily basis, Miriam, when I do go in and I'm, I'm, and I'm on my role of a customer service manager, I have to deal with that. So, it's, if it's a premium, if it, if it's a premium service um, role manager role, I have to deal with the whole of the premium service, which is checking in from them from checking in to yeah. going to the lounge to going to the aircrafts. I have to make an overall. I have to see overall all the people that are working in premium services they are doing exactly the same thing everybody else is doing making sure everybody is um con- you know uh, continuously being you know you can't <clears throat> have someone doing someone saying something different to a, a passenger it has to be exactly the same sort of um service they're following yeah. to the passengers so yeah I, I don't deal with the passengers themselves unless it's something uh drastic. your own team yeah, I'm not just dealing with my own team, no. My own team is still there, that they have someone to come back to if they have a problem, if they, whatever. But when I'm at work, and don't forget, we work on shift, a shift uh, roster and it's 365 days and 48 hours a day. You, you, it's, it's constant. We don't stop. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's literally because you can't stop, actually. Yeah, you don't stop. So I hand over, you know, they hand over night staff, hand over to me. I then hand over on the um, afternoon staff. So it just goes on and on. But the thing is, when I'm, so if I'm the customer service managing premium services, I'll go there, uh, we'll do a briefing uh, of the loads, how many people are coming through, how many first class passengers, how many business class passengers, <clears throat> what the weather's like, um, any aircraft changes, any, you know, all these little things. Right. Okay. And then uh-huh. after the briefing, they go into their positions. Right. And then I have a list of passengers that are, have, have been, uh, are going to be traveling with us, who um, have had problems before, who are coming in to just, some passengers just come in to have a chat, Miriam. Let's put it that way. 
<laughs> just want to come and have a chat and see how the how the if I'm going to be traveling to say they're traveling to Australia. I mean, it's a long way, or they're traveling traveling to Malaysia or Singapore. Right. You know, so this one too, what the what, what the service would be offering them and how uh, if you're spending eighteen thousand pounds, twenty thousand pounds on a on on a on a trip just for that one seat, yeah. um, um, they want to know what services they're going to be getting. Yes, of course, of course. So how do you manage with, you know, waking up at three o'clock in the morning and um, having your, how do you juggle home and and work? How how have you managed to balance that? And I know all mothers are super moms where they they manage to wear these different hats. How have you managed? And tell us your, um, your experience of that so you could help other women and mums who are struggling to make that move or to make that commitment because they have children how have you managed to do that so my main thing is that I've had such good support from home brilliant I mean Asif my husband um he's a great support so if I'm at work the day I'm at work the morning shift I don't I don't look back until I come home he does the school, he gets some children ready, he takes them to school, you know, makes some breakfast. He comes home and he does both the little bobs, wash the dishes, cleans up a bit, and then he goes and just does his work and stuff. And when I'm home, when I come home, I, I get home for about half past one, two o'clock. So I have that one hour, come home, Mariam, I get changed and I cook something for the children for them to eat when they come home from school. I have to make sure, obviously, you know, you have to have something for them to eat. Uh, quickly, do this, do that. Sometimes I just do it in my uniform. I'm not like, all right, I've got this 45 minutes. Sometimes I'm delayed at work and I, and I, I get home late. So I get home at quarter past two. Then I've just had that half an hour to quickly get up. And then I'm in my uniform, putting stuff in the oven. I'm in the, my uniform, putting the pasta on and quickly juggling it. Yeah. So you, then, Yeah. Um, but you were saying that, obviously... Your, your husband, um, you know, has given you that full support. Um, yeah. And which is kind of needed. So without him... I don't think I would be doing this. I don't think I would be doing um, a job. Let's put it that way, Mariam. Yeah. How I would not... I, I probably would manage, but without his support, I wouldn't have managed, um, you know, going, going ahead and getting a customer service job because... Uh, at the end of the day, it's a lot of stress at work as well because you don't forget you're managing the whole of whole of the team. Yeah. <clears throat> well, before when I was just a customer service agent, I'd just go to work, do my work, come home. It wasn't such a big thing. Yeah. Now I have a lot of responsibility at work, so which I have to maintain. Um, again, I get perform, I get you know targets, and I'm 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 on performances as well that that I have to go by as well. So, um, and with the children, Mariam, it's. You have to make them learn as well and teach them that mommy's at work today. You have to get up, make sure you get ready for school and, you you know, you come downstairs, bubble will take you to school, don't give them any trouble. I feed this in them every <laughs> night. No, I don't think they don't do give them trouble. I mean, I've, you know, I know the boys and they are uh, really marvellous. And so that's a really great um, um, tip that you've said or, you know, and a point that you've raised is that, um, even your sons have now become kind of self-sufficient. They've kind of, yeah. you know, they, they're not so reliant. They've kind of had to, you know, be mature and kind of um, do their own tasks, you yeah. know, not yeah. going to be there to do everything. Which right. is kind of a, a great life skill, in fact, you know, 
um, how how do they help around the house when? when oh, brilliant! And when I'm at work on the weekend, especially the weekend, Miriam, when you even know that I do no work at the weekend. <laughs> I do no housework. All I do is the cooking. So yes. they do from cleaning the bathrooms, changing the bed sheets, from dusting to hoovering and mopping. Yeah. They have chores, so everybody will do one thing, you know. Uh, Azan, the little one, he will do all the dusting. He likes, I don't know what, but he just likes to dust. He likes <laughs> dusting. And don't forget Ishmael, the Hoover Man. At that home. <laughs> yeah, so Ishmael's the Hoover Man. He, I love it when he hoovers. I really do, because you can tell uh, there's a touch of a woman there. <laughs> <laughs> you train them well so they'll be yeah. their, their their future wives will be will be happy and exactly good you know every uh, person being female or male needs to to be self-sufficient and learn mm. how to manage themselves and their own exactly. environment exactly mariam exactly so yeah yeah anything they don't want to do is cook they don't they go no mommy we like you to cook mommy i like your food yeah. so and you know what and i'm happy to do that i like cooking as well for them because they like because they like to eat yeah I like to cook for them and uh, that's it really Mariam I just I have they they know that um so they know that mommy's come home from work we're gonna I'm, I'm she's gonna feed us we'll do our the Quran classes they have a Quran class online they do the Quran classes then they're going to do the schoolwork, and I'll have a nap when they're doing that for the two hour I need to have a nap otherwise I'd probably murder someone yeah, absolutely. If I don't nap. Waking up at 3, 3 a.m. And yeah. you know, if you don't rest and recuperate, you know, you probably don't even function. Um, exactly. You don't function because you don't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Because obviously, you're, you're, you know, you've got that professional role at work. And when you come home, you do want to kind of just empty your brains and, you know, probably just, just relax. So, um, and then the evening is full of what, um, how, how does... Evening you- is full of, right, let's, you know, we all sit down together, we'll have dinner together, everybody talks about what, what's happened during the day and, you know, he said this to me, I did this, so I've got, the, I've got, I've got a trip, and you know, just goes on and on yeah. and on and I'm like, okay, hurry up, let's eat dinner and let's get to bed. <laughs> yeah, so, so mum yeah. comes and play after, she, as soon as she gets home. Yeah, mummy comes. Mummy's. Um, I take off my uniform and then mummy comes into. It comes in, in involved in. You know, to uh, Mariam. But Alhamdulillah, it's, it's hard. But you know what, Mariam, I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, you know my Azan, my little one. He's very like. In the morning, when he gets up, he will ring me. He will Facetime me. So at seven o'clock, I just make sure my phone's like, I'm away from everything. So he FaceTimes me at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm up. I'm going to be getting ready. He needs to see me. Oh, so that's so, lovely. So you know, yeah. Still, um, you know, you're still there for him. You know, you're yeah. Still, you're still there constantly in their lives, and yeah. they haven't missed out on anything. Um, Alhamdulillah. You know. Yeah. So your FaceTime is going to be all kind of keep that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then obviously, Alhamdulillah, we got this phones so they'll text me we're at school now or you know so I know they safely got to school or or you know at home if they need anything I don't answer the call they have a, if they want something they need something or something's happened and they'll I'll just say to them just give me um a text I'll get back to you in the next five or ten minutes if I'm busy Miriam then I can't then I'll then I'll just text them back saying yeah I can't speak to you just leave me a message and see if I can get, if I can do so. If not, if I can't do it, why can't Papa do it for you? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, they can't talk to how they do with their mothers, with their dad. But uh, Alhamdulillah, um, no, not really. I, you know, it's been good. But it has been a tough 
cookie from starting from where I was to where I am, where I am. It's yeah. been, it has been, I, I mean, it wasn't easy when I got into the role. Obviously, it was, there was exams involved. There was lot, lots of things involved. And don't forget, home life, I had to do, I was revising at the same time and cooking, looking at books and cooking, gunning the atta and revising, you know. But I, it's, it's notes all everywhere, the fridge, hair, hair, revising. But uh, we got through it. And the good thing is that um, even if I cooked, they would... Um, they dish out everything, eat everything, and pick up the button, pick up the dishes, and they wash up. Yeah. So I would, and they would clean up, and I would just go upstairs and do what I need to do. But yeah. So and then when I'm at work now, Mariam, they know when I'm at work, they don't expect a lot from me. Yeah. Yeah. So they know that mum's at work, and that's her job. And when she yeah. comes home, she's mum. Yeah. That's how it is. On my days off, on my days off, they are such spoiled. They're like, they don't want to do anything. I put their, I, for, on my day off, like this morning, it's my day off today. I've literally got Azan up and uh, Ali up and I've put their cereal in the bowl. I've put the milk in the bowl. <laughs> That's how they want it when I'm off. <laughs> they want to be spoiled. It's the extreme level. So tell yeah. me, what is um, one of your biggest challenges right now are you going through anything and how do you overcome something that when you when something happens in life and um you're challenged how 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 do how do you deal with it you've got got, you know you've got your um you've got home life but has there been a you know time where you've um been really rock bottom and how did you pick yourself back up yeah, again, I have, Miriam, so many times. I've not sometimes when you're not well, you have a headache, or you rock bottom, you don't talk. But you know what? The, 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 your, the kids pick you up. They, yeah. do, they give you that energy. <clears throat> they give you that energy. They come to you, they love, they kiss you, they cuddle you. And you're just, you're saying, oh, and that's what you need. Yeah. You know, the kiss, the cuddle, the love. And you think, oh, my God, the, the, you know, I, I have to pick myself up for them. Yes, yes. So yeah, for them. being a mother and, you know, knowing that you are, um, uh, you gain your strength from your children also. Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. That strength, uh, you know, when I look at them, when they come from school or when if they're at home, the, the, hug, the cuddles and the hugs and, and you think, you know what? Or they say, oh, mommy, should we make a cup of tea or should we make you some toast? And, yeah. and you think, oh, you know, yeah. it's just, your strength comes up. Yeah, you do sometimes be rock bottom, but you don't want to show your children that you are that you're suffering as well at the same time. Yeah, so being a great role model for your children, so they kind of appreciate um, their life and and um, you know their future as well, and how to deal with um, exactly. And because I know that you had your own business at one time, and yeah, oh. and that was that was quite challenging in itself, um, challenging and, and stressful. It was very stressful. Don't forget, I was dealing with... Probably one of your decisions that was probably not... Well, at the time was good, but, you know, you've, you've gone through so many challenges with that. Tell us how you dealt with that and how no, did... No, Mariam, that was very stressful. That was... I was doing work outside my own work. I was doing the home, dealing with the children, and then I was dealing with the shop. And that... I had three things. And you know what? Alhamdulillah, I would say. Alhamdulillah. You know, it was a test, I'd say, from Allah. Yes. SubhanAllah. Um, it was a test because the four years that I, 
the suffering it did, it made my children realize as well, because they used to help and they used to see they became more streetwise. They yeah. became more confident. They know yeah. the value of money. They all had roles at the, the shop. And, yeah. And they, um, so it was a, uh, I believe it was a fish and chip shop takeaway. Yep. Fantastic. And it was a great little business venture. With, it was a family-run business. Um, and yes, definitely have seen the kids kind of grown up and, and mature and really handle themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and, but there were times where you really did kind of, you know, a whisk Move down. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. What what made you kind of get through that? Then was it? How did you do that? Support of each other, support of Asif. I mean, yeah. Asif was my rock. If I fell down, I used to cry, and I said, "Can't do this no more." He used yeah. to say to me, "No, you can do it. Get up, you can do it." And if he was down, I would say to him, "I mean, you've been, you've seen him, you yeah. know, um, and go go through." from here to down here but alhamdulillah you know and i think my salah my uh it's yeah, kept me going it brings me on to really the fact that um so um you you actually had a, a life-changing moment where you started to wear the to wear the hijab um i want to ask you you know what made you start wearing it and um and how long have you worn it and how's life changed since you have worn it alhamdulillah this is my sixth year wearing it alhamdulillah six years has been i've been wearing this what made you because yeah. obviously you didn't wear I, it no i didn't wear it no i didn't wear it at work I didn't wear it anywhere i was quite you know but anyway when i i went to do umrah first time with my parents i and i just thought okay it's just a holiday thing but then i when i went with asif and the boys um yeah was that oh six that, years yeah it's about six years ago and when i went with asif and the boys and then obviously you i i had my family i had the boys and i had asif and when i did umrah this time and i thought to myself obviously it was more reading and islamically i was more involved in reading the hadith, read, reading my namaz, my salah. Um, and then I just thought to myself, hello, hold on, Shabnam. Do you know what? I have everything. Alhamdulillah, I have a roof over my head. I have yeah. a lovely husband. I have lovely children. What am I looking for? Why, why, is, why do I keep saying, tomorrow I'll put the hijab on, tomorrow? I have this thing in my mind, in my head, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But tomorrow might not be there. Tomorrow yeah. might not have been there for me. And then one day I just got, after I did Umrah, when I came back, so you're feeling a kind of um, got stronger after yeah. six years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I had this thing in my heart. Um, um, when I go back, I'm going to put the hijab. I'm going to wear the hijab full time, full stop. So I came back, and I was still off. I had another ten days off work, and yeah. I said to my husband, "I'm going to be wearing the hijab." I was wearing the hijab, the scarf anyway, because I just came up from that. And I said to him, "When the hijab?" And he's one thing he did say to me, he said that, "Okay." I'm happy for you. You put it on, but I don't want you to take it off. Yeah. If you're going to put it on, put it on with your heart, not with your mind. And if you're going to put it on and then don't take it off because at the end of the day, it's not, it's, it's, it's like, um, you're doing it one, you're doing it and then you're not doing it. No, do it with pure attentions. What does the hijab mean to you? Hijab means, Maryam. It's, it's just, I feel as if I'm covered. I feel as if I'm, uh, Allah is protecting me. Yeah, the protection is there for me, and I feel, I feel there's a lot of is there a lot of is respect that or uh, or um, kind of emotionally. How how do you mean covered? Covered meaning um, 
I just feel it's just a norm. It's just part of my part of my clothes. It's not that I think, oh, God, I'll put the hijab on. Oh, God, I'll put the scarf on. Oh, you know, it's not a thing that, oh, oh, I've got to do this. Oh, I've got... it's just normal. You just get up in the morning, my scarf's inside of my bed, and I just put it on. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's naturally, just na- naturally. And I feel, and I feel naked without it. Yeah. Has life changed when, since wearing the hijab? You know, what... I had, pro- when I, when I started wearing the I did feel a bit, oh, God, people looking at me, oh, this. But you know what? It was nothing like what I was feeling. I had got a lot more respect. Yeah. Um, and at work, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to put this job on. I don't know. And you know what? I went into work when they had a lot of support from uh, a lot of people at work. The non-Muslims as well, I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and they would say, well, oh, how fantastic you look with a scarf on. And I would explain to them, it's a hijab. And they would say, oh, well, you know what? And now... I've been six years in Mariam, I go to work and sometimes everybody, so many passages, even the non-Muslims comment on it that, oh wow, the hijab is fantastic, oh, the scarf is fantastic, wow, I love the uniform. Don't forget I wear a different uniform now with the modest uniform. Right, okay. So you've got a different uniform at work and so yeah. match the, the scarf? Yeah. Like, so with the scarf I wear a modest uniform. Is that this something is- that British Airways provide or is that yeah. they recognise in their staffing then that there is yeah. a- you know, yep. they, yes, um, they do provide that for us. And it's a beautiful uniform. It's a Shirani with the slim-lined um, trousers. And it is it's very stunning uniform. It's beautiful. You in uniform. Yeah. And mashallah, you look beautiful. Um, Thank you. Jazakallah. Um, even the scarf. I mean, mashallah, you, you, do, you do look, I would say, even better. <laughs> I love yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Miriam. So, and... I just uh, I just feel that the so when, did, is, when did British Airways actually introduce the the this kind of modest uniform? I mean, did they so let me just that no. Software? It's been five years, I said, with British Airways. So when I when I put my scarf on, I really, it was no modest uniform then. Right. Okay. It was just I it was just trousers and a uh, it was like a two piece suit with your, with the shirt and the, and and the cravat. Right. But then obviously. Um, I find it uncomfortable seeing, you can see, you know, it was, it was a lot of people, a lot of other girls started wearing it and then we became, we had a Muslim community. We got right. together at work and then we talked and then we got a lot of people, the uniform people, stores involved. And then we said, okay, can we, and then we had a designer. Uh, no designer? Yes, a, a, a person designed the uniform for us, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. So, um, and, you know, how wonderful is that for British Airways to recognise their staff, um, uh, you know, require um, a certain modest uniform, um, mm. go with their hijab and, and, you know, their lifestyle. So exactly. must, kind of, um, you know, appreciate and, and actually yeah. applaud British Airways for doing that. I mean, I think it's, um, and being, we live in such a multicultural society and in England and London itself, you know, um, to 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 do that um, as a company, I think it's just um, just fantastic. So you feel comfortable now wearing your? You feel much better in? Of course, uh, very comfortable, and it's so lovely. For so many people, so many people compliment you. They think, "Oh wow, I you love your uniform. Oh wow, I love to have that uniform." And I always say, "All right, you need to put the hijab on if you want my uniform," and they all laugh. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You, you know how much my mom loves you in it. And she I know, like, I know. <laughs> Mashallah. So, you know, and have you had any any bad experiences since wearing hijab? Is there something that at times you think, oh God, you know, you're had, you've had a bad experience and, you know, you've thought, oh gosh, you know. Is there something? No, maybe I, I can't remember, but yeah, Mariam, you do. No, uh, when I first started work, I did uh, when when I was start wearing it at work, and I thought, oh no, I had the I had the guilty feeling that oh no, when we're at work, oh no, what are people going to say? But you know what? The first time I wore it, I felt so comfortable and so welcomed. Yeah. So. It didn't. It was just. An, it just kept went over my head. Just at the and, right time. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do you think you've um, changed spiritually? You know. Spiritually, I have changed, Miriam. I've become. You know what? Um, when you get knocked down, let's just say four years. Obviously, since we've had this, we had the shop, and um, you know, I become. You become. I became. I had bitterness in me because I was doing so much. Just on my twenty-four hours, I was. I, I had no rest. I had no time to think. Then I thought to myself, somebody said to me, do you know what? How about you reading your salah? How about you connecting to Allah? Yeah. You know? And then, alhamdulillah, I've been doing it for four years. Now, I used to do it before, like once here, there, and there, you know, if I needed something, I prayed to Allah, please, please, yeah. please, I need this. When you need something, um, you know, we started praying. And like many yeah. of us, you know, when we, when we do face difficulties, we, you know, we, we reach for exactly. our, you know, prayer. Yeah. And, you know, exactly. And exactly. And then, and then you, I became, I started praying. I became, I started connecting to my Rab, my Allah Ta'ala. And, um, and then that's it, Maria. My connection, I, I found, I grew, my connection grew with Allah, um, Subhanahu Ta'ala. And I am, I feel, if I don't pray, I feel as if I'm lost. I feel, oh my God, I feel bad. I feel guilty. Yeah. You know, I feel that guilt, oh, even... Even when we don't pray, obviously women don't pray, but you know, when you have your periods, but yeah. you in even that time, you feel I feel oh, I'm not praying. Oh, the, you know, when the zan goes, if you think oh, quick, when you think hold on a minute, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's like, part of daily, daily routine, yeah, mm-hmm. it's daily routine, yeah, right. it's it's and even even, even the like the children say oh, oh the zan's happening now, mom, and I'm like, okay, how about you praying as well with me, <laughs> you know, the zan's happened, mom, mom, the zan's happened. But <clears throat> yeah, you become Maryam. It's a norm, and, and for Fajr, I don't, even, I don't even put alarm on. I wake up. Yeah, as if you know, I'm just I'm up now, and um, I read my salah, Fajr salah, and I do my. It's not when that morning Fajr salah. It is so much. Oh, it, the the feeling you get in your body. The it's amazing, isn't it, Maryam? Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that um, even with your work, I mean. Kind of, how, how do you manage? I mean, oh, we have a prayer room at work. I put everything on stop. I would not stop. I would not. I'm sorry, but I would not stop anybody stopping me from reading my salah. I would put everything on hold, and I would go and read my salah. It would take me five minutes, Mariam, to and, do so. And, uh, you're allowed to do that at work. Yes, I can. Okay, that's fantastic. They give me 15 minutes to go and do this. Obviously, I've put it in. Uh, everybody's put it in. That this is the time they have. They have the fajr. Um, tor- 
prayer times for the morning staff and then you know the just goes on so we have um uh, in the prayer room the azan goes off for fajr namaz which is very nice for them to do for us yeah absolutely yeah, i think i want to work for british airways now yeah <laughs> why not <laughs> so yes yeah, so i do my wuzu in the morning Maria, before i get ready yeah. um and it's always in the morning when i go to work a quarter past five you know azan happens whatever you know it, it's now it's at 6 30 6 something 19 or 20 yeah. as soon as Azan happens Mariam I just make I make sure I'm not doing anything that time yeah and if I am I just pass it on to somebody and say look just deal with this I'll be back in five minutes yeah. and I go and do it and there's no problem whatsoever alhamdulillah I mean you yeah, know alhamdulillah the morning prayer is kind of really sets the the tone of the day yeah I feel as well when it you know it's one of those prayers that you you know when you don't read your fajr you kind of the whole day kind of it is you do feel lost and you feel like it didn't start the right way. Yeah. I just feel, oh my God, today I've not read my fudger. I know things are going to go wrong. I shouldn't really think that, but yeah. I just, it's just that protection. You think we've got that protection. The protect is protected. You're protected. Allah has protected yeah. you. So you, when you pray, you feel like a protection? Of course. You feel, yeah. you're protected. Um, and then again, like Mariam, um, I think I went, Allah has put me, God put me through this for me to become a better person. Yes. So he's put you through these trials and tribulations to yeah. your Oman, would you say? Yeah. It's Matakwal is a hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent, Mariam. I dig that hole and put a big stick in there. Yeah, and that, that feeling is mm. that gives you strength and Yeah. And scorn and 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 uh, I feel so uh, I just I can't the, the, I, I can't explain. I just feel so. Yeah, I think proud. That, you know, when, proud when, of being a Muslim. I think um, yeah. also it's it's you know a lot of people meditate and they take time yeah. on vacation, and I think really that when you do have that peace of mind and you are praying to Allah five times a day, um, yeah, Alhamdulillah. You know, we are you know manifesting or we're putting our requests out there, and I think that our religion, Islam itself, when we pray and and and. Um, uh, we, we pray our salah or read the Quran. I think that that's um, such a strength for us um, as women, also. Yeah. You know, um, to deal with all these things going on, and when you have that five ten minutes during the day to pray, you you just forget about everything, and then you just it's just your connection between you and Allah. Yeah, and definitely, Maria. Definitely. as well, um, and I've seen yeah. and, and the changes, obviously, in the last six years myself. You know. Um, and seeing you do and it's just really beautiful because I think you've the whole even your boys in the house has embraced it it's, yeah definitely you know and um, and your whole outlook on life has changed as well I think how do you feel of course it has Miriam of course yeah. um, if I want to do something and I think oh my god the consequences of it might be oh, will, I, will, will I get rewarded for it or would I get which, what will happen am I hurting somebody or you know, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. And I do, do try to go the extra mile to help people, Maryam, I really do. Yeah. But sometimes I, sometimes I can't do it because of the situation at home, my children or the job or I'm busy. But I really do want to go. I do like to go the extra mile with, with anybody, really. It's not just because you're my friend or because you're my neighbor. Just with anybody, yeah. um, you know. But the thing is, Maryam, that, yeah, you do. That's I have completely. as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You read the new, you know what? I, I, I used to like 
go on social media and say, oh, let's look on YouTube and do this and that. Instead, I go on YouTube and listen to the Hadith. I go on YouTube, listen to the scholars. I'm more into that now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think yeah, that, um, with uh, maybe, you know, it's the journey that we all have to do individually. Embrace, um, yeah. And it's, um, and it's great that you're sharing the experience with us, having that 15 year old journey that you know you started yeah. and and how you've become what but you... Malim, don't take me wrong I still do things that everybody else does every day yeah. I still take the boys out we still have good girl holidays together we still go out for meals we still have a good banter at home with the children I still have a good time with the girls you yeah. know I still do the same same things but within my own self yes I've put a lot of change my own self, with my own, my own, my own um, soul, I fight it to become the way I am now. It's not a fight. I just say that you know. You just think, hold on. You do question yourself: Is this right or is this wrong? You know. And then you become Maryam. And then when you do your salah, you get your answers. Yes. Elaborate. You get your answers. How? How? What do you mean, answers? How? Do you... Answers meaning that right. Um, should I really do this? Or should, hold on a minute. I, mean, should, uh, I don't know. Example. Like, let's give you the shop. Um, obviously, in the past year it was it was going downhill, and I was providing for the house. I was paying the bills. I was also doing all the um, accounts and banking for the shop, shopping for the shop. Yeah. Um, I would pray. I'd cry on the prayer mat saying, please, Allah, Allah, take me out of this. I can't deal with it. Yeah. And then a thing came to me, well, why don't you sell the shop? Why are you not selling the shop? Why are you not putting on the market? And then when I sat down and talked to Asif and the boys, they said, what a great idea. Instead of us keep suffering, why yeah. are we not selling the shop? Yeah. You know, no one, it never occurred to anybody because they bought it with so much love yeah. that they didn't want to Sell the shop. And, and had their own yeah. to do things with the shop, of course. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Do so then we become, exactly. So and then we. Does it work out? No, it doesn't. It's not for you. It's not yeah. for you. Yeah. So we, I made that decision and I shared that with the boys and my husband and I said, yeah, 100%. They were like, yeah, of course. My God, why didn't we think of that before? <laughs> you know? And it worked, yeah. Maria. And look, Alhamdulillah, we're so much happy. Yes, absolutely. And I think that maybe that was your journey for that certain, you know, few years of your life that that yeah. you something and how you had to grow and evolve because um, it's only through failure or kind of um, a hardship that we actually, A, build our connection with Allah and, and, and B, you know, um, realize uh, and how grateful we are for the things that we do have. Exactly. Um, is there any advice that you would like to leave the audience and like the ladies with um, on your final note, you know, how, as being kind of, I would say a leader and expert in your industry now for 15 years and sharing your journey, what would you leave our audience with? What was your kind of final note? What's kind of the advice or golden, golden nuggets that you would share with? The, uh, the advice would be that, I mean, I mean, there's lots of girls that don't wear hijab and read their salah. I mean, I don't doubt, no doubt about that. But you know what? You need to believe in yourself. Yeah. Believing in yourself is a very big thing. And um, people don't believe in themselves. And when you do believe in yourself and you look in yourself and you think, I can do it. You can leave your children and go out to work. 
Yes. Right? You can you can say to your husband, uh, I'm going to work, you drop the children off to school, or I'll, you know, you need to compromise. But I know I would leave that you need to believe in yourself and don't and don't leave your cellar, keep up with the five times cellar. That's fantastic um, advice to, to end our first show with. So self-belief and keeping yep. up spirituality as well because that gives us strength and stamina to deal with our daily lives. And exactly. we can't deal with everything and we, we can't deal with everything ourselves. And sometimes no. we have to, um, you know, give our problems and to God or Allah and, yeah. and make the most of what we have. And I think self-belief you've touched on is such a big quality and we forget as women of course of course we forget that we forget that that we are we actually you are number one in the house with anyone you are you mariam you're number one in yourself and i'm number one in myself and we need to believe that that's that's such great news how would you how do you think that you've put yourself number one like I've believed in myself. That's why, Miriam. And if I didn't believe in myself, I kept saying, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. Or I don't think I'm confident enough. But no, I am. I can do it. Allah Ta'ala has given me the ability to do it and use it. Yes, absolutely. Finally, we, have, we are all talented and such skilled and intelligent women. Exactly. Everybody has different, different abilities. And have that good support and that good support system from our husbands, from our children, from our friends, from our family. family. And that's what, what promotes our success. Thank you exactly. so much, Shabnam, for joining us for our first show. It's been a pleasure to have you as our first guest. Thank you. I wish you all the success, inshallah, for your future and, um, and happiness for your, um, for your family and health. I wish that we are inspired and um, we take something from this um, first show. I look forward to speaking um, on the next episode. Thank you so much and salam alaikum. Salam alaikum, Maryam. Salam alaikum.